Okay, we begin as we always want to begin with the concept. Sorry, one second. Oh, here we go. Let's begin with the concept of, of renewal, the concept of our thinking, our thoughts, and how we can try. One of the challenges that we all have constantly is in the ability for us to try to reprogram our brains to be able to look at things differently. You know, one of the benefits of something new is the fact that it's exciting, it's fresh, it's something that, you know, gives us a, a new start, it gives us the ability to uh, look at things differently, it's exciting, it's, um, you know, whenever you have something that you're starting off, you want to give yourself a better opportunity to, you know, to do it differently, um, to do it with more strength, to do it with more focus. And what happens many times after, you know, a day or two or a week or two or a month or two, whatever it might be, right, you sort of get into the, you know, monotony and the, um, as I've said many times, the wheel is spinning um, and the hamster is dead. What happens to a lot of us many times is we depend, we keep our validation of who we are and our um, excitement of who we are based on external things. Now, of course, it's very important to do things. If you're not doing something, it's hard to feel good. But when my doing something is what gives me my value and my intrinsic value of who I am is based on what I'm doing and only what I'm doing, so then what happens is a person, after he does things over and over and over again, if you're not doing it for the right reason or you're not really tuned in to you know, what you're doing, why am I doing it, whatever it might be, what happens is we get bored of it, it becomes monotonous, and then we, we're stuck right, with, with who we were before. Right? Many times people say, okay, I'm going to Israel, I'm going to Eretz, I'm going to Yeshiva, or I'm going to a new new yeshiva, I'm going to a new shir, where people say I'm getting married, whatever they might do, and this is what's going to be different. But then what happens is they bring themselves to where they are, like we spoke last time, right? Whatever you do, you're bringing yourself to it, right? The way you play basketball, the way you speak to people, the way you sleep, the way you eat, everything a person does has a fingerprint of who you are. And the maizim of the tzaddikim will say, people who really know how to live this world properly, right? They have the same exact imprint on everything that they do. The way they play basketball, the way they learn, the way they eat, the way they interact. Why? Because they bring themselves to everything they do. They're not affected so much by what they do as much as they affect the things that they are doing. It's not so much that I'm affected by what, what I'm doing as much as I'm affecting that which I'm doing. And the only way to do that are two really, I mean, there are a lot of ways to do that, but the two things that I want to speak about, I know there are a few things that we wanted to 
touch upon from last week. I know we spoke about Yossi. We were going to talk about trash talking. Was that one of the things we wanted to talk about? I don't know if we still want to talk about that. Um, well, we could talk about that. We do want to talk about that or not? We do? We want to talk about that? Okay. But let's just finish up this piece, and then we could talk about what that means. Um, so basically, there are two ways to do it. Number one, that's why I love learning the Hilchus Lashon Hara. The reason I love learning Hilchus Lashon Hara is because at the end of the day, right, you want to be a person who has a loving family. You want to be a person who sits at your Shabbos table, at your dinner table, not talking about other people. People who talk about other people, how do I say this in a nice way? People who talk about other people, um, I don't want to say, um, how do we say it? Can someone help me? People who talk about other people, um, what? Just say it? Yeah, I don't want to say they're bad. People who talk about what? The bat. The bat, right. People who talk about other people and say negative things about other people is as if they're taking a bat. Thank you, Rabbi Erblich, that's a good one. And they're beating up somebody with a bat. Just, it's, you know, it's a, right, what was that line? Sticks and stones may break me, but, but, uh, may break my bones. May break my bones, but names, right? Whoever made that up is a liar. It's not true. A person could be more hurt by verbal abuse than they could by physical abuse. Now, physical abuse is terrible, but people say, oh, did your father hit you? Did your mother hit you? Well, it depends what you mean, did she hit me, right? They could hit you with their, especially if your love language is words of affirmation. If your love language is words of affirmation and your father and mother never said, I love you, and always put you down, or if you had a brother who bullied you with his words, it could be he didn't give you a dead arm, right? When we grew up, I, we, we used to get dead arms, right? Get dead arms, right? right? I had older brothers, right? Uh, so so you, get, you get a dead arm, right? But it was, could it be more painful when someone says you're, you're an idiot, or you're stupid, or you're clumsy, or you're, you're worthless, you're, right? So sticks and stones uh, may break my bones, but names could be even worse than sticks and stones. You know, and, and uh, thank you, Rabbi Erblich. And it's very, very dangerous when we, when we speak certain ways, especially when you're going to get married, especially when you have children, because you say, oh, right, we know the famous thing. My roommate, but my roommate, but my roommate I don't love. My wife, I'm going to love more than my roommate. So, of course, I could talk down to my roommate, and I could talk a certain way to my roommate, but my <laughs> wife and my children, who I love, I will never do that. So, sorry to tell everybody, or actually, I'm happy to tell everybody, it's actually the exact opposite. The people who you're closest to are the people you're going to hurt. So, if you hurt your roommate, you're going to hurt your spouse and your children that much more. I know, but it's different. It's not different. It's the exact same thing. So what are you going to do about it? I don't know what you're going to do about it. You're not going to fix it right now, but if you realize you have an anger problem, or you realize you have a, a you know, say whatever you want to say and hurt someone's feelings problem, then that's something you want to, you want to uh, acknowledge. So that's step number one. Step number one is we must figure out a way how 
not you must. If you want to be a healthy person, you must stop focusing on other people. No ifs, ands, or buts. You got to stop focusing on other people. Focusing on myself. On, and, and that means, by the way, focusing on other people is that if someone triggers me, then what do I do if there's someone in the dining room or my roommate triggers me? That doesn't mean I ignore that. It means thank you so much for triggering me. Now I, need, now I know what I need to do to focus on myself. When you bring it all back to yourself, you're going to win. Thank you so much, Menachem Nachem. You're going to win. Yes, Aviel. Sorry. I'm going to make a good timing to make a bracha. Baruch Okay, Binyamin, yeah, you good, Binyamin? So far, so good. Just checking. Yeah, Avi, I'll go. Eric said about the Rabbin, which he might be a kid that he was born with, let's say, that he's Rabbin, this is a words of affirmation, and his parents didn't give it to him. So I wanted to ask her, is it something that you work with, or is it something that happens when you grow up in your childhood? Yeah, I'm not, right. So I'm not sure. Some people say I'm not so I'm not such a bucky in the love languages. I'm not such an expert. Some people say your love language is the language you didn't get as a kid. So I don't I don't know. There's as far as here and there. I don't know. I don't know what's true or not true. At the end of the day, there's certain things. It's very good to identify. There was a there's a there's a guy in yeshiva who once told me after we spoke about love language, he said, "Oh my gosh, we were talking about we were talking about." physical touch being his love language. And he said, oh my gosh, now I got it, now I understand. He says he rebelled very much against, against his mother. And he told me why. And his brothers and his siblings did not. And he says, oh my gosh, I realize why. Because his primary, his highest love language was physical touch. And his mother used to, used to slap them a lot and beat them a lot. And his siblings not. That's pretty, that's pretty intense. You could have that with words of affirmation also. If you were, you could have your brother or your sisters could be their words of affirmation or not their top love language, you know, connection. So it's very good to identify within yourself and your parents. Sometimes you could say, oh, I connect more to my mother and I connect more to my father. I connect less to this. And like, oh, because my mother always says, I love you. My father never said, I love you. Oh my gosh, words of affirmation or quality time, whatever it might be. So whatever the lumbus of why, why we have what we have, it's very important to know because then it comes down to you. It's not so much your parents as much as it's you. Yeah, Menachem Nachem. I once heard yes. in the year that the loving is that which you got the least of. So that's what I just said. I said that, that would make sense in your in your macho right, right. that 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 the brothers. Right, unless it's later on. Unless it's later on. Yeah. 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 Correct. I don't know. I, I'm that's already going be in with the love language we, which we could. I've heard that. I don't you know, I don't to me it doesn't it doesn't really matter. You the the, the, the bottom line is figure out what your love language is, figure out, you know, because then you know how to receive from other people. You'll know what bothers you a lot of times, what triggers you what hurts you, et cetera, et cetera. But the underlying, the main point is, am I focused on other people or am I focused on myself? That's number one. Number two is learning. Someone else had their hand up? Number two, right? The number two thing that we always want to try and remember, number two is, is we, we need to make 
we need to learn how to make positive changes in our lives. We need to learn how to do quality, qualitative, substantial changes in our lives. A lot of times the changes that we make are very superficial changes. We don't make the deep changes that we need to make. And it's very important once you're focused in on yourself. The first step is you got to be focused on yourself. If you're focused on other people, there's nothing to talk about. You're literally not even, right? If you're worried about, you know, the presidential debate, if you're worried about politics, if you're worried about, you know, all these other things that are going on in your life, and you're not worried about the important things in your life, there's nothing to talk about. There's not enough time. There's not enough time in the day to, to take care of yourself, whether that's exercise, whether that's you know, physically taking care of yourself, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And this yeshiva, and what we do here, is like a, a year-long seminar, a year-long seminar to take care of yourself. Once you go out to work, and even guys who start learning a lot, what happens is, and they go off to another yeshiva, and they're steiging away, yoimam valayla, whatever they're doing, they're not spending quality time working on their lives and working on themselves. And that's something that's, that's, that's not good. It's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. We need to spend a lot of time working on ourselves, working it through in a quality, deeper sense. Many times people can... Can, uh, you know, those who are familiar with, with uh, addictions and those who are familiar with, you know, people who, you know, I'm 100 days clean from this. I haven't done this in 50 days. I haven't done this. Yeah, but you're miserable. But you're miserable. Why are you miserable? That's something that, that a person wants to explore within himself. Why am I miserable when I'm not doing the things that I'm doing? It's not just about stopping from escaping. It's trying to understand, right? That was the quote that we have. I'll, I'll repeat it again. What a quote. What a madrega to get to. What a level to get to. And then Yadidja will get to you in a second. You guys know the quote I'm going to say right now? Yeah. Who said that? Penny. Yeah, that what? True self-care, yeah? Probably right, and chocolate cake. Right, it's making the choice to build a life that you don't need to regularly escape from. Oh my gosh, what are you sowed in life? And I wanted to say, tell you guys something. Don't think you're gonna get that at 19, 20, 21, 22 years old. Yeah, again, taking care of yourself is not about baths and chocolate cake and you know watching a movie, right, let's say. It's making the choice to build a life that you don't need to regularly escape from. That's so powerful. How good is that? Isn't that great? What's the pshat? Why does Nachi love that? Why is Yahweh? How do you build that life? Oh, exactly. Shalom. Oh, exactly. That's the million dollar question. How do you build that life? So one reason we said, one way, I'm sorry, to build that life is there's no way you're going to build that life by looking at somebody else. There's no way. Impossible. Impossible. Number two, and this is the second thing we're saying, number two is slow and steady and deep. Slow, steady, and deep. What do you mean by deep? Deep. 
deep. Still wasser läuft tief. Still water runs deep. Slowly, patience, as we've said many times. You're a negative guy because for 20 years you've heard negativity in your life. Oh, you heard one shoe on positivity. Oh my gosh, I'm so frustrated. How come I can't be positive? Hmm, I wonder what type of negative thought that is. Should I say that again? Should I do that again? You guys got that one? You got it? You're a negative guy for 20 years. You come to the shear and you hear you got to be a positive guy. So you beat yourself up for not being positive. Should I say that again? Because you're a negative guy and you're negative. So I got to learn to be positive. 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 I got to learn to be Sounds pretty intense to me. Got to learn to be not so intense. Got to be, got to learn not to be so, I got to learn not to be that. But that's what we do. That's what we do. We think the problem is out there. The problem is never out there. The problem's always in here. It's always in your thinking. It's always in your heart. It's always here. It's not mommy. It's not daddy. It's not your chavrusa. It's not the drugs. It's not even the drugs. It's not even the phone. It's not even the alcohol. It's not the girl, it's not the this, it's not the that. It's not even the Gemara, it's not the learning. It's you. You're the problem. You're the problem. And we don't like to acknowledge that. You know why we don't like to acknowledge that? Because there's something called the Sahara. The Sahara doesn't want you to acknowledge that you're the problem. Because if I'm the problem, then I actually might be able to change myself. I might be able to change myself. As long as my mother's the problem, I can't change her. As long as the Gemara is the problem, as long as my roommate is the problem, as long as the Prime Minister, the President, the world is the problem. Yes, Binyamin's hands up, I'm excited. Mm. It's actually what? Great, beautiful, great question. Binyamin, great question. How do you, so let's talk that out, because that's golden what you're asking right now. Well, let, let's get clear what your question is. Meaning, if someone comes over to you, right? If someone, if someone does something mean to you and someone yells at you, it's very appropriate to feel hurt, especially if it's someone you respect, right? Right? If someone is, um, um, I, don't know, I don't know if you guys want, I don't know if there's an example you guys could, could pick. Pick an example more. Yes, Yaakov. Great. Beautiful. Great. Love it. Great example. Every time you interact with them, there's a fight. So my, what's my first question? Why are you interacting? Who said that? Thank you, Yeshaya. Beautiful. Question number one. Why am I interacting with them? What's the answer to that? Let's go. Let's follow down. What? It's my brother. Okay. Great. That's a great question. That's a problem. That's going to be a problem. He's your roommate. He's your roommate. Can I, he's a family member, your brother. So we got to break that down. You have to break that down. How painful is it for you? Are you able to separate yourself? See, one of the problems that we have is we don't separate ourselves from the person who is hurting us. And the younger you are, the younger you are and you've been hurt by somebody, it's harder to differentiate between the perpetrator and the victim. Let's give a classic 
Nahi, right? We'll give a classic, oh, sorry, I didn't realize you were stepping up. Let's give a classic example, okay? Let's give a classic example. When you're a child, Binyamin, when you're a child and your parent or older sibling does something to you and says, you're bad, you did something bad, are you able to differentiate between you and the parent? No. Whatever my parent says is not an opinion, it's a fact. When your father, if you grew up with your father telling you something about yourself, it's not an opinion, it's a fact. Because I'm not able to separate myself from my father. Now what happens is when you grow up, when you grow up, right? We spoke about this the other, the other last week, I think we spoke about this. The more das you have, the more you're able to differentiate, which is, wait, maybe my father's toxic. Maybe my brother's toxic. Maybe my roommate is toxic. When I say toxic, what does that mean? Maybe they're very, very unhealthy people. Maybe they really, really have, have influenced me in a very negative way. And I carry their shame. I carry their pain. I carry their guilt. So the first step is to separate yourself from that person. Separate yourself from that person. Now, if that means Binyamin and Yaakov, if that means don't talk to them, stay away from them, sometimes we need to do that. If every time I call my whoever it is, I get anxious, so I have two options. I can not call them and work my, on my anxiety, or I could call them, get anxious, and realize why I'm getting anxious. But why am I blaming the person when I called them? Why am I blaming the person when I picked up the phone? Why am I blaming the person? Yaakov, you're saying, every time I talk to that person, I get into a fight. Well, maybe I want to get into a fight with that person. I, I find myself having the conversation. Maybe I'm half the problem, right? The wife of an alcoholic, and I know it's so hard for people to hear this. Good, so you, lose, you move your, you won't be the first, won't be the last. I cannot live in this room. If I was with a roommate, if I was with a roommate that I could not stand and, and hurt me and affected me, you gotta be joking, get me out of that room. Get me out of that room. Now if you wanna work that through, gesundheit, that's awesome. But if you're a mature person, you say, I don't wanna be roommates with somebody who's, who's going to be toxic who's going to be, now, if the person is not toxic, if it's you, if it's you, if the person's not doing anything to you, but the person just triggers you, if just your mother's voice triggers you, if your father's voice triggers you, if every time I look at my roommate, he triggers me, but he didn't do anything. When I see my roommate sleeping, it makes me crazy. He didn't do anything, he's sleeping. Then you have a, you have to first differentiate between what happened, what the story is. If it's a real story and someone really hurts you, then it's very appropriate, it's very normal, I don't know if that's the right word, to be upset at the person. But what happens is we get very confused. We get confused. I'm right, he's right, I'm guilty, he's guilty, right? A lot of the uh, gaslighting, right? That's a popular, I've just heard about that recently, right? Gaslighting, a lot of people who were abused are very, have very much, have, have a lot of trouble, they have trouble differentiating between the abuser and being abused. 
because they were always blamed for the abuse. And I always say, I mean, it's not just me, right? When you're a child and someone hurts you, you are 100% innocent and the parent or the adult is 100% guilty. The adult is 100% guilty and you are 100. A lot of people have that problem with when it comes to sexual, when it comes to sexual trauma. Good, that's, that's already a different conversation. It depends how old they are. But when it comes to sexual trauma, a lot of children and people who were sexually abused, they have problems with that because, because maybe it felt good or maybe there was some pleasure that they got or they kept on going back. So the natural thing is they blame themselves and they say, wait, I'm part of the problem. The answer is, no, you're not. 100% wrong. The adult is 100% wrong. The child is 100% innocent. Because the adult, what? Oh, the alcoholic's wife, uh, that's hard. Thank you, Yaakov, for putting me back on track. The, 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 it's hard for people to hear this, but the alcoholic's wife, right, right is, is uh, part of the problem. <laughs> the, the wife, or the, or the husband, for that matter. Sometimes you have a woman who's an alcoholic, right? You're part of the problem. People, right, there's a whole, there's a whole, uh, uh, whole book and, and talks about codependence of people who, uh, Pia, right? Co of, of people who, who are part of the problem. You make yourself part of the problem. They love being part of the problem. They can't exist without being part of the problem. So the guy, Yaakov, who might be going to get the fight, right? Or you did, you like you said, oh, but he's my roommate. I got to stay with my roommate. No, you don't. No, you don't. You don't have to stay with your roommate. Maybe you're part of it. Maybe you want to help him. You feel bad. People have that with chavrusas a lot of times. I got to take care of my chavrusa. Good. It's a good shila to talk about. But you don't have to take care of your chavrusa. You got to take care of your wife. That you have to do. You have to take care of your children. You have to take care of your children. What? Okay, wait, wait. Okay. If she's an alcoholic, there are ways to deal with alcoholic spouses. I'm not saying you're divorcing. I'm saying... Correct, correct, beautiful. Say that, can you say that loud? That's, did you hear what you did just said? Certain problems we are responsible for and certain problems we're not. And I ask God for the difference so I have the wisdom to know the difference between the two. You got the whole thing. Correct? Correct? Things I can change and things I can't. That's not a 12-step uh, line. It's, a, it's, it's an MS line of not that that makes it not endless. You don't have to be in 12 steps to know that that's true. There's circle of influence. I can't change my mother. I can't change my father. I can't change the weather. I can't change my roommate. Yes, you show, yeah, you did, yeah. And then we'll go, yeah. Um, going back to what we said earlier, we said that, that this yeshiva is like a one-year seminar to work on yourself. Mm -hmm. And then, like people go to other yeshivas and move on life, and you don't have all that time to sit in, and it's chaval. Mm -hmm. uh, my question is that is that is that really chaval? I mean, let's say I need to, to work on myself intensely for five years, but the goal of life, I mean, it's true that one of the goals of life is to work on yourself. But I don't, I don't really see the benefit of always intensely working on yourself if you're not going to also then spend other hours of the day once you're already as a healthy person just being. Meaning, 
at a certain point, you just want to be with your family, not always work on things with your family. hundred percent. My, my point, a million percent. My, my point was just is that at certain stages in life, like we're, we're, we allow ourselves to work on ourselves. And then we think we graduate from that. And it's not true. You, you never graduate just over here. It's easier, right? I was speaking to someone uh, a little bit ago, and I was saying, I was saying, no one here at the end of the day really cares what you're doing. Because everyone's OK that you're working on yourself. In other places, not, it's not bad. It's not, it's not, I'm saying in other places in life, it's not like that. You know, you get married, you have a job. No one's, oh, so how's he, did you doing in his job? Well, we don't really care as long as he's, you know, being true to himself. You know, so that's a luxury that we have over here. That's all I was saying. But of course, I, I agree. You, you, you got to get a job. You have to support your wife. You have to be a good, but that's exactly the point. That's exactly the point. If you are not taking care of yourself and working on yourself, then it's going to spill over into your wife and children. It will spill over. It will spill over into, and, you know, and I, I, I have to say, I'm proud to say it. Any person, I'm proud to say it, any person who's been in this yeshiva who's married has, has a very good um, hashkafa, you know, a powerful hashkafa about that that's a, a, a main thing that's very important. And I see the difference, and they tell me they see the difference in their relationship with their spouse, that that's important because it's stressed. Because, yeah, you're right. You get into regular life and you don't have that as much. But, uh, but, um, but as long as you know, as long as a person knows what's important and what's not important, I think that's, that's, where, that's, what's, that's, that's what's important. That's the main thing. Yes, Yeshaya, we'll get to you, Daniel, in a second. Yes, Yeshaya and the Rebbe. So, first of all, uh, sort of like, is there like any guidelines for sort of ways that we can, that, that, or like flags that we could sort of figure out what is our problem, what's not our problem, and things that aren't our problem, a lot of us have this nature, or I would say I have this nature, really, um, that, we, that I want to help people. Yes. That. So how do we sort of distinguish when it's like Beautiful. not helpful for us to get involved, or that it's not going to be beneficial for us? Beautiful. Love the question. Great question. Um, I think first is get the information, get the facts, get the, get the concrete examples and what triggers you, what gets you moving, what gets you, what gets you. I, this morning, wrote a whole thing to discuss with somebody because I noticed in myself a trigger that I had with something that I've never had. And it was a weird switch that I had with something and I wrote it down right away as it was happening because after it settles down, I then want to discuss it with somebody. First is the awareness of when do I get triggered? Why do I want to help this person? Why do I not want to help this person? Why does this person hurt me? Why does that person not hurt me? Why am I okay with this? First, you got to get at least to know yourself. Then you start discussing with someone. Say, every time I speak to my mother, every time I see this guy in yeshiva, every time this and this happens, I get like this. And usually what happens is it's consistent you will see a consistency. It's very good. That's why it's important to have either a therapist or you have a Rebbe, or you have someone who you could talk these things out with because it'll get you clear. You're not going to solve it in one second. You sort of get to know yourself. Say, wow, why am I drawn? I know within myself, right? Baruch Hashem, you know, there are a lot of, there are a lot of um, people in the yeshiva. There are a lot of employees in the yeshiva. There are a lot of people I work with. I work with a lot of people. 
I notice sometimes, how come I lean more to worry about this one and I'm not worried about that one? How come this person I have more Rachmanis for sometimes and this person less? That's a question I can ask myself about myself and I see consistencies. Make sense? So first you want to get the information and then you talk it out with someone and then you'll see, you'll see consistencies. Beautiful. Yes, Rabbi Erblich and then Daniel, yeah. Uh, Lulu Roshi was saying that you have someone in your life who's very toxic. Yes. Sometimes you remove yourself from it. Yes. You see, if you go to the right, I'm going to the left. Yes, right. Beautiful. Beautiful. But I want to ask, what happens if you have someone very toxic in your life? Yeah, so it's very, it's that's very great. It's, yeah, it's very, very, um, very challenging, very challenging to have both of those. It's very, very, very hard. Yeah, it's very. I don't know. It's a great question. It's a great question. You have to know yourself to know how much you're being affected you know, and how much you're being influenced for good and for bad. It's very, it also depends on if you're the only one who can, who can help the person, if you, you know, it's, uh, or whatever it is. Right, 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 correct. It's very, we, you, you have to realize these are, that's a great point also, Yadidja. Yeah, you have to know, you have to really, you have to really, you have to really know yourself very well. You have to really know yourself well and you have to have other people. There's something we say all the time. You have to have other people who you can check yourself with. It's one of the hardest things that people don't realize. I spoke to someone last night about this and I told them, it's not about making the right decision or making the wrong decision sometimes. It's how you come to the decision. People sometimes are very focused on, did I make the right decision? Did I not make the right decision? I'm going to tell everybody here, in life, you're going to make wrong decisions. That's, that's what happens in life sometimes. But how did I get to make that decision? If you learn how to make wise decisions, you learn who to hang around with, why I'm hanging around that with that person, and you also have to know your weak, your weak points as well. You have to know your weak points. Sometimes people can influence on us more than we, than we know. Sometimes we think we're not really being influenced by the, the Ramchal says, Masil Sharm says, the th- number three reason why we don't change our lives is because of the influence of other people. We're very, very influenced by other people. You're influenced very much by your wife. You're influenced very much by your children. You're influenced very much by the job you're in. You're influenced very much by the people you hang around. We're very, very, very influenced by people. People are very influenced, very influenced. More influenced than we influence. Every person is very, uh, we're, we're, we're very mushpa from a lot of things. Thank you, Rabbi Erbluch. Yes, Daniel. Talking about what you did just before about like oh when can there be a time when like oh like I've worked on myself like I'm doing great like when can I like you know go right. on and live my life and be fine and like right. I I agree you you pretty much said it already but like there's no point where you're like okay like I'm done working on myself you always have to constantly keep yourself in check and Correct. continue doing things Correct. to better yourself and Correct. stay connected and, and communicate. Correct. 
honest with yourself. Correct. Otherwise, you're going to go into the slippery slope of living that like loop life. Or Correct. Just, yeah, it's awesome. Correct. It's very easy. So there's answer. I guess is like there's really there's, there's never time where you're like correct. All right, you know, I'm good. You always have correct. to correct. 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 Yes. Correct. And and not only that, Daniel, when you're single and you're here, this is what I tell guys here. If you're not doing it now, you ain't, you, it's very hard to do it once you're married, because then you have your wife. You got to take care of your wife. Then you have your children. Then you got to pay the bills. So you're, you're, you're already cut down your day for other people. How much time do you have really to work on yourself? Yeah, correct. Correct, correct. And it's to realize, and Daniel, like you're saying, I always say this. People think, oh, so I got what I got here, and now I'm ready to get married. No, you might not be ready to get married. It's the old thing that I say. I'll give me a girl with 100 problems and I'll marry her quicker than a girl with one problem if the girl with 100 problems is working on herself. If a girl or a, or, or a guy for that matter, any spouse, it's not how many problems somebody has. It's am I working on myself? If you're working on yourself, you'll make it. If you're not working on yourself, you could have two problems, but you're done. You're done. You're not going to make it if you're not working on yourself, because you'll be stuck. And every time you have a problem, you'll get stuck. And I've, I'm telling you, I've, I have, I've sat with, with a chassin and a kal, I've sat with, a, with a, two people dating each other, and I've had this, where she'll either say, oh, yeah, I'm worried about this, and he'll say, oh, and I'm worried about this. And I'll be like, you don't have anything to worry about, because the guy is going to work on himself. Or I'll tell the guy, you have nothing to worry about, because the girl is working on herself. So what's the problem? There is no problem. Of course, you're always going to have problems that are going to arise. It's how you approach the, that, that relationship with yourself and with others. Yeah, to be open to change, to be open to grow, then for sure. If you have other people, you have this, that, that's what the form of this sheer is. That's what the form of everything we're doing here is that we're not, we're not it's not about, okay, this is the answer. We, we have the answer. It's, it's, we we want to work every day. That's, that's, that's why on the quote chat, that's why I had that as the profile for the quote chat, is that motivation doesn't last. Neither does bathing. That's why we recommend it daily, right? All these things are the same, right? Being clear about life doesn't last. It doesn't last. We could sit there in the sheer now, and you got to clear, I got to clear, I got to clear. So why do we got to talk about the same thing tomorrow? Why are we talking about the Chaim, the same thing? Because it's not about, I got it. It's about doing it. It's about constantly doing it. Okay, let's learn one halacha, and then we'll wrap up for the day. Beautiful. Let's say, um, here, here we go. Let's say you walk around town telling people that so-and-so is a weak person. Chalash, weak. You may think that there's nothing wrong with this. I'm just stating a fact. However, it depends. If the person is a teacher or he has another type of job that requires energy and stamina to accomplish it, it is simply to say that he is weak. The same applies when talking about a person's financial situation. If you say that so-and-so is a poor person, or even if you say that he has money 
but not as much as people think, or that he owes a lot of his money to others, this is also Lashon Hara. Why? Because as the word gets, gets out, people will be a little bit scared to, to, to lend him money or whatever it might be. They will not trust that he has enough money to pay later. They will make him pay for everything on the spot. This will cause him harm, and it could ruin his business and his livelihood. Therefore, a person must be very, very careful not to speak like this. Um, here we go. Last thing, here's a simple rule regarding Lashon Hara. Lashon Hara can depend on who you are saying it about. You could say the same thing about two people, and about one person, it will be a praise, while the other person, it will be Lashon Hara. Let's give an example. Here's an example. Suppose you say, Yaakov studies Torah for three to four hours a day. So it depends what he does for a living. If he's in Kolel and he's supposed to be learning all day, you just spoke heavy Lashon Hara. If Yaakov is working all day, you just praised him. So it all depends who you're saying it about. Okay? Other example. Someone says that this guy spends an extra $50 each week to buy food for Shabbos. So if the guy is poor, he can barely make ends meet, then it could be the fact that he spent $50, wow, is so chashev. However, if this guy is a very wealthy guy and all he's doing is spending his $50, then it ends up being a negative statement. Okay, question, comments on that, and then we, uh, we wrap up our Hashem. Yeah, we're good? Hashem should help. Yes, Penny. ourselves. Take it slow. Slow and steady wins the race. We should be Zoha to know our triggers, to know what life's about. Have a wonderful day.